When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Welcome to Black Girl I got to take these heels off <laughs> so we can get into this got to be glue install. Okay. Yes. My baby hair's got to stay intact. Tokyo Styles and Dante Savoy are getting the girls right for a girls' night out in the BGS salon. Everybody right. just be standing around, I'm looking at, looking each, at other. each other. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it back. You always seek validation from your parents. Do you need mediation from your validation? I don't think that I'm as independent as I think I am. I don't think it's such a bad thing to ask for validation from your parents. The soft comedian rap shit ain't the rough witty. On the real, the real, it wasn't from a tough city. Wu-Tang actor Johnnell Young gives us his recipe on cutting through the noise. What I did to get in this industry was not ethical at all. Everything I do is for the people. To get the fashion god's point of view, we're kicking it with Groovy Lou. I went to him and I was like, I have it. Sean John. We just started playing them out. All that and more tonight on Black, Black Girl, Girl Stuff. Stuff. Welcome to Black Girl Stuff. Tonight, we got our girl, Kennedy Rue, hanging with us in the BGS house. Hi, guys. Hey, y'all. Hey, so excited to have you, per you. Yes. Now, let's get straight into these comments, ladies. A lot of people are sometimes seeking that golden seal of approval from their parents, just waiting for that external validation from them. Mm -hmm. But we have to dive into, like, whether it's worth it or do we need to be living life for ourselves? Mm -hmm. Let's take a look at this clip. My mom was there. She raised me. That was through everything, right? It's mm -hmm. me and her. I'm, I'm her only child, but I have siblings, right? Nonetheless, the reason I asked that is because she always was my number one fan, right? And I always put an effort forward for her, but I always looked at my friends on my teams whose dad was around, mm -hmm. and I always longed for that. Like, yo, like, if he was here, I feel like I would approach this way different because as a man, right, you always seek validation from your parents. Mm, I like that he said, as a man, you always seek validation from your parents. But as ladies, have you guys often sought validation from your parents? Yeah, for sure. Specifically for me, because my mom is involved in the industry that once I knew I wanted to be a part of, I knew she would be an integral part yeah. of my success in that field. Just because of her knowledge, her wisdom, the way that she would prepare me for opportunities, mm -hmm. the way that she would set me up for certain conversations mm -hmm. or situations, or even when I was by myself, I felt empowered to step into you know, that dream because mm -hmm. of, of what she prepared me for. I seek her approval in business. I seek her approval in personal. Mm -hmm. She helps me with my finances because without her, I would, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be brokeity, brokeity, broke. <laughs> <laughs> 
But you know, so I, I do seek her approval. It's definitely lessened as I've gotten older and I've matured and I'm like learning to kind of like make decisions and stuff for myself. Mm -hmm. But I still really value having her as a sounding board. Mm -hmm. And I definitely utilize her as much as I possibly can. I think it's important for you to want your parents to be proud of you and mm -hmm. you know, the accolades you reach in your life. And I think that um, validation is like a sense of having someone not really like your self-worth. So when mm -hmm. someone loves you, they're gonna tell you things about yourself that kind of validate something inside of you. Mm -hmm. I know for me with my parents, I think it wasn't so much about a validation that I wanted or needed from them because I really, it wasn't that in our relationship. It was more like with my mom, for instance, it was more of like, she was always feeding me affirmations. Mm -hmm. So I think mm -hmm. she was always telling me like, you're good at decision making, mm -hmm. you're worth it, like you have value. So it was like, I was going through life and going through anything that I was doing with those things already instilled in me, so I wasn't really looking for her validation yeah, as much. She because it was already you. there. Yeah, you know, like I felt valid to do whatever mm -hmm. I want to do. And then also with my dad, too, it was like, just be your authentic self. Yeah. So I just kind of went into the world with that spirit. Like, I'm already me. Like, whatever I do, whatever I love to do, they're going to be good enough with that. So Absolutely. you don't necessarily have to come to me. With you guys talking about that, it opened my mind a little bit more, because at first, my first instinct is like, no, I don't seek validation from my parents. Well, my mom, um, you know, product of a single single mother. But now that I think about it, I think it's more so not validation, but I do want to, in a sense, validate her trust in me. From an early age, I think from 11 or 12, I was already doing things that were just like, very unlike, you know, most of my, my family, all of my family. So they didn't really, I, there was no guidance in that sense, mm -hmm. but there was a lot of trust that I just felt very early on in terms of like, okay, like for some reason, like she's, she'll figure it out, like mm -hmm. she's got it. But when you mm -hmm. keep hearing that, whether it be like, you know, from school, I went, I went to boarding school, you know, I'm first generation American, I'm, you know, first woman in my family go to college, first in corporate America, just a lot of first situations. And so it's almost like kind of, it's a pressure for me to say, okay, this trust that you guys are putting on me, you know, I, um, I want to see it through, right? And I want to make sure that I validate that trust by actually doing well. And so it's not the traditional sense of like, oh, you know what, I'm seeking their approval because my mom has done this, ama this crazy amazing things or my family has. Mm -hmm. It's more so like, no, for some reason they see m myself doing that, right? right? And I don't want to let them down, but also let myself down because I yeah. believe in that myself too. So I think oh I see it in that way. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And just hearing all of y'all, I, I don't think that I looked to my parents for validation because they always let me know that they were my number one fan. Mm -hmm. It was always like you could do, they allowed me to live my dreams and be open and didn't make me feel like, is should I tell them that? Did you like this? I didn't have to mm -hmm. do that. Like, mm -hmm. especially because um, it's more modern now. So to think the venture that I went, even when I decided to do something like drop out of college, I didn't feel uncomfortable telling my mom. She's like, well, college is not for everybody. But I'm probably like the breadwinner of the family. So they kind of look to me. And, but I still can't go without the support of them. Mm -hmm. That kind of already validating me. So I didn't have to seek it. Because anything I wanted to do, whether it was sexuality, and I said, hey, mom, I might be gay. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, well, we're going to figure it out. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, She just allowed me to be my own person and live my own dream. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. just support me as mm -hmm. a child just to do whatever I want to do and still cheer 
cheer me on yeah. in the meantime. I think that's dope. For me, I've kind of shared a little bit of, like, uh, Keela and Kennedy's experiences. Mm -hmm. My mom had such high expectations mm -hmm. of me, mm -hmm. and it was so apparently different from what she had of my sister. Mm -hmm. So I felt the need to live up to those mm -hmm. expectations. Mm -hmm. I have to get straight A's. I have to be always, like, on, whereas she was a little bit more lean with my sister. And that pressure you put on yourself mm -hmm. of knowing people expect highly of mm -hmm. me, so I have to deliver right. every time. I never want to let you down. When it came to going to college, it was like, I my sister had the option to not go to college. But with me, it was like, absolutely not. You know you're going to college. You, what other choice do you have? You're going to get a degree. You're going to pursue a career. And, and that was like the cookie-cutter life that she made for me. Mm -hmm. So after college, when um, I started to pursue my own career and like dibble and dabble in different jobs, and she had already built this successful construction company, she really wanted me to step in and who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Take over the family business. Yeah. And I went a completely different route with entertainment. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm going to be in... Uh, for, I started off as a video vixen. <laughs> and then went into radio yeah. and acting. And she, her whole thing for up until probably like 2018, 19, mm -hmm. she was like, why you want to be old broke-ass actor? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? When I yeah. built this career. So she, there definitely was a moment where we clashed. And I had to realize, like, I got to do what's best for me. Mm -hmm. What I feel Staying right. With my heart. Core. Mm -hmm. yeah. And at the end of the day, when we had a full circle moment, obviously getting a job like Black Girl stuff or mm -hmm. producing my own film, she came back and did give me that validation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, ha, I knew you was going <laughs> to right. yeah. And I was mm -hmm. going to say, too, what that experience taught me is that even though you want nothing but the best mm -hmm. for me, sometimes mm -hmm. you don't know what the best for, is. for me is. Yes. Yes. And I had to think for myself, and it was the best decision I've ever made. So was there ever a point where you guys relied on any other form of external validation Maybe besides work. parental? Maybe work. I don't want people to feel like this is my cap. Yeah. Maybe mm -hmm. that is the validation that's like, all right, no, I gotta keep going, because how far can I go? Because I, mm -hmm. I gotta provide for this person. I gotta take care of my moms. I gotta do this and that. This They depending on me, so maybe that drives me. That may, Maybe that's my validation. Kind of like I turn to my mom for literally everything. Because at the end of the day, like, yes, she may not know the nuances of different things that I'm doing, but at the bare minimum, she knows life. You, you know, right. she and, knows and life and knows, and you. knows me. Yeah. And that's yeah. what yeah. I trust. I yeah. feel like, yeah. you know, you can't come to a random country and just plant yourself here <laughs> and uh, think like... And survive. And Thrive and thrive and feel like I have nothing to learn from that. So I do, right, I do right. go, and there's a level of validation there. I don't think it's such a bad thing to require or to ask for validation, validation. from your parents because that's yeah. also a way of mm -hmm. looping them in, mm -hmm. bringing them in your life and showing them like, hey, like you know what. Um, you know, I still care for what you think about. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I would say, I don't think that I'm as independent as I think I am. Mm -hmm. Like, when it comes to... I do respect my mom's morals, ethics, her mm -hmm. code, and how she does business. She's a very, like established woman, not yeah. even just with business, but, like, her decision-making. Mm -hmm. So I have often heard said, like, well, I don't care what nobody thinks, as long as my mama... You know? Right, <laughs> right, Because right. I feel like as long as my mama love me or my mama got my back, I don't care who against me. Right, but I, right. it's that balance, like, that y'all speak of, and I mm -hmm. think that I'm, I've grown recently, like I said, in the past mm -hmm. few years, to realize, okay, yes, I can go to her for a sounding board of yeah. advice, but there are some decisions that she's not gonna be able to guide me right. through. But at the end of the day, 
say seeking validation is natural, but balance is always key. Prioritize yourself, set those boundaries mm -hmm. to maintain your self-worth. Your journey towards self-love is powerful. Embrace your uniqueness and validate yourself, okay? Yes. yes. <laughs> Up next, we got actor Janelle Young straight ahead on Black Girl Stuff. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. A ruthless, my land don't act that wild. That shit is job. An old sleeping bag profile. Welcome back to Black Girl Stuff. Our next guest is all about bringing his own chair to the table. <laughs> You've seen him on hit shows like Tales and Wu-Tang and American Saga. Please welcome actor Janelle Young to the BGS house. Yes. Welcome. Pretty nervous and grateful to be here. Don't be. Don't be nervous. Don't right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, let's get into it because you play Jizza in Wu-Tang. Tang and American Saga. We have a clip of one of your favorite scenes. Can you walk us through what's happening and why this scene is particularly your favorite? Yeah, this is definitely my favorite scene of the series because of the preparation it took me to actually get into this type of zone right here. Had my mom come down. It was a real dark two days for me. Like I just mm -hmm. had to go like deep into like, you know, the dark side of my life, my real personal life, because I had to cry and stuff. I never did this in front of people. I never cried on screen at all. So I was like, mm -hmm. oh, snap. This is <laughs> this is where you got to show your chops. And it, everybody was watching, waiting to see, like, yeah, time is ticking. So I had right. to really lock in. So it was more of the preparation that it took for me to really get in that zone and just to have my mom there right near the camera and see yeah. her sunshine and the yeah. projects of the hood of New Jersey. It was amazing. It was dope. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about, like, that preparation process? Well, first, it started with, um, a phone call from the creator Rizza. We had a dinner at a uh, Noble, and he was explaining like how serious this script is and how serious the scene was. And when he told me that, I was like, okay, I'm gonna turn my phone off for these next two or three days and just engulf this whole situation and just really go back to the painful side of my journey and coming in. And once I got on set, I was already ready to cry once I got on set. Wow, so like yeah. even rehearsals, I was like, ah! It showed me that I can really tap into that side because mm -hmm. all the rest of my other roles and have been just straight like gangster, mm -hmm. mean side. But I, that was an emotional role, so it was it was dope. It was yeah, awesome. yeah. And I think the strongest scenes in actors are when you have to act and showcase so much emotion Emotional. without any word. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm right. like, when I watch it, I'm like, oh, I see why this yeah, is my favorite. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mine, my mind was on fire. I'm like, oh my God, let's hurry up and shoot this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It paid so, off, though. Yeah, it absolutely it did. It read well. Yeah. Now, you also pursued a professional career in basketball, yeah. trying out with the Knicks. Tried. <laughs> you know, hey, but you made it all the way to the last round. Right, right, That's right. huge. Mm -hmm. Then you also risked your job at a daycare, auditioning for a role in L.A., yeah. and then you actually actually snuck on the set of tails and ended up getting <laughs> a year later. But I think that's so much to say about yeah. like your tenacity. You've been really intentional about creating opportunities for yourself in your career. What is your recipe for like being super intentional and just fearless? I guess just watching like 
my parents just go after whatever they wanted. And they always told me I could do whatever I want to do. And I also like have clear visions of what I really want. Like mm -hmm. I don't listen to no outsiders. Mm -hmm. I'm by myself a lot. So I just mm -hmm. like watch my thoughts and I create like, I feel like I'm the co-creator of this universe. Like Absolutely. I can create, like I can create anything I want to create. So mm -hmm. that goes on to why I snuck on Irv Gotti set. Shout out to Irv Gotti. <laughs> uh, that goes on to how I got the role for Wu-Tang was creating my own music video and blasting everybody's social media up and for them to even give me a chance. So mm -hmm. I just feel like when you really want something and you're tapped into the universe and God, you hear different voices and signs that tell you to go, no matter even the ethics. Like what I did to get in this industry was not ethical at all. Irv Gotti was telling me like, yo, we're going to kick you. You almost got kicked out. Yeah. I mean, Wu-Tang, they was like, yo, you just skipped the whole audition process. I mean, I had to audition, but you basically just cut out half the audition process just by you just being created by a little one-minute video. So mm. that goes to show just when you got dreams, just go get it. Like, yeah, you definitely got to put in the footwork and go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I know that you stated before that an artist has to go to extremes to get what they want. What, can mm -hmm. you tell us a time that you went to an extreme and you didn't get what you wanted? Not really. Not not yet. I'm, I'm five years in. I haven't hit that 10th year mark pinnacle yet. Mm. So five years in, but... I did do a, a BMF skit one time when uh, that BMF whole season was coming out, and um, I didn't get picked for it. 50 Cent posted on his page and all that stuff. I didn't get picked, but I did book a role that next following year, but not really yet. So I'm, I'm, I'm not looking forward to it, but <laughs> if it we, happens, we I will embrace it. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Because sure, I, I don't, sure. it's not no, it's not a Because, you know, people no. sometimes, everything, you're going to run into a couple no's before it's a yes. Mm -hmm. And you're going to go out your way, but you can't just give up just because you go to an extreme and you don't get don't it. Know. But that goes to my next question. Yeah. What do you consider is too extreme? Anything that degrades your character, degrades you as a, as a mm -hmm. man, female, anything that is past your morals and values that you're sacrificing. Like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we talked about a lot of the 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 highs in terms of your career, but mm -hmm. I want to make sure that people recognize that you face a lot of adversity as well. Obviously, you mentioned the, the loss of the job, but al yeah. also like even personal losses in terms of breaking up with your your girlfriend, um, yeah. you know, being kicked <laughs> out. I, I'm not trying to no, say that was, everything. No, that, no, that's, that's what but, catapults you, though. But that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's like, you know, what advice would you have for folks, you know, not wanting to be a victim of their circumstances. I just seek knowledge. I, mm. I seeked a lot of books at the time. Um, I, I'm pretty sure most of us have read it. The Secret, mm. Asking It Is Given, uh, or the whole manifestation, self-care stuff. I changed my thoughts, the whole writing, the stuff on a vision board and cards, affirmations yeah. and all that. I, I just changed, because I, I was not doing that before. I just okay. changed that because I had to see what else, how can I get out of this rut? I was not going to stay there. I was, my parents weren't gonna let me stay there. People, mm -hmm. my support system wasn't gonna let me stay there. So once I started seeking knowledge to like better take care of my mind, that's when everything just started manifesting physically that I wanted, so. Was there one moment from either, probably from the moments that I listed or something else that made you say, you know what, for some reason I don't have all the answers, so let me go seek this out. Was there something that happened that prompted you to do that? Yeah, when I left, I was with my, I was with my, my college ex for like all through college and like, when she left me, it was a dark, dark, dark space. It was, like, real dark because she left me, like, around the time where the Knicks thing was going on when I was overseas mm -hmm. and stuff. So it wasn't too much NBA, NBA, NBA. And, I, I mean, it was, it, was, it was bad. So I was like, nah, this is crazy. I got to find a way. And I just, I don't know. I don't know if it was just self, but I just had to get myself out. And at the time, I was around a lot of positive celebrities and 
my friends were all doing great stuff on TV, rapping, billboard and all this. I'm like, yo, I'm not, nah, God, this ain't, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> carrying his bag no more. <laughs> not taking his pictures no more. God, I know you got something for me. Yes. And I just had to keep scratching and clawing and just keep seeking knowledge, yo. Well, you've been very public about your relationship with influencer Brianna Hampton. Mm -hmm. How has the obstacles of being in such a public light in your relationship kind of maybe stood in the way of things with you all or has it at all? I mean, I don't, I don't really get into the whole the comments and stuff. I never, I never had all those millions of people on my page anyway. So I didn't. I, right now, I don't even think to even go and check in that mm -hmm. stuff. I mean, sometimes, occasionally, I might come across it and just be like, oh, this is crazy. But I believe they're all bots. I've been through, like you said, I've been through so much. It's like yeah, I'm not gonna let. Yeah. You're not even paying for your Wi-Fi, like. <laughs> right. 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 You timing this from Starbucks. But I think what's so cool and just truly unique about your situation, the yeah. fact that Brianna has four kids yeah. and you are a young man, yeah. right? And you're taking on, I would say, that responsibility. How does it feel? What, you know, to really take on and step into that role, obviously not overstepping right. that role, but stepping into that role. First of all, yeah. the world thinks I'm freaking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I do see in my dance. Are you, are you nuts with this role here? But, I was like you said, I was a teacher before this. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of cousins, little cousins and nieces. Yeah. I taught kindergarten through fifth grade, so nice. like I love kids. It's not even I don't know, I just think different. I don't yeah. I don't know. I just think different. I love kids. I don't care like if you have four or five kids or whatever it doesn't that doesn't mm -hmm. mean anything mm -hmm. to me. I, I have a very passion for kids and teaching them and I feel like their minds are just so innocent. We have to just indulge so much positivity in them. Like I don't even see what the world sees. I just mm -hmm. see like me being a father figure and helping mm -hmm. them. That's important. Do you have kids? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got a French bulldog. His name is Ebok. Yo, shout out to Ebok. <laughs> I miss you. I'll be back soon. Well, Janelle, we are so proud of you. We're supporting Thank you. you. Thank you yes. so much for stopping by the BGS house. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> like that. Up next, we have Fashion King, Groovy Lou. He tells us how he changed the culture with one look at a time. Stay tuned. You're watching Black Girl Stuff. If people aren't exposed to the real, they make a world on their own of the fake. People need art and culture. It all starts with the music. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. I'm for the people. I am the people, like power in the people. So everything I do is for the people, man. Welcome back to Black Girl Stuff. Now, hip-hop fashion is more than just a set of clothes or how you put them on. It's a culture. It's a way of life. Mm -hmm. And today, we have the pleasure of speaking with the mastermind behind some of the most iconic looks in hip-hop history. Joining us to the chat about his impact on the culture and the future of fashion is none other than the legendary, the fashion king himself, Mr. Groovy Lou. Yes. Yay. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. Everybody yes. catch the resemblance. That's <laughs> the twins for me, okay? Right. Yeah. Now, you are nothing short of a legend Thank in you for saying that. You know, we got to give you your flowers, Thank but you. tell us how you actually were inspired to start your career as a hip-hop stylist. Well, growing up in Mount Vernon, New York, um, I used to make clothes and I used to paint on all the clothes for people in my community. 
And they used to just come to me for the, let's go down the avenue and shop for material. We had seamstress. We were making clothes at 12 years old. Yeah. Even um, in home economics in like seventh grade, they were making bags and um, I made a corduroy burgundy jacket. Dang, that's <laughs> so yeah, I just always wanted to be different and just step up. Mm -hmm. And that's how my name Groovy came from growing up in Mount Vernon, just being different with my clothing and stuff like that, yeah. You've worked with some legendary figures in hip hop. I'm talking Biggie Smalls, Craig Mack, helping out with the legendary fashion line 5001 Flavors. And what I think is super important is that you helped start Sean John. Can you tell us about how the name Sean John came to be? Diddy came to me one day. I was working at Bad Boy and um, the fashion department that I started on my own. And he said, I want to start a clothing company, but I don't want it to be anything like Bad Boy or the label. Mm. I want it to be separate from that because we had our Bad Boy merch and stuff like that. Mm. And um, I told him, just give me a few minutes. And when I think or when it comes to me, I'll let you know. So one day it just came to me. I'm like, he can use his first and middle name. And it was right under his nose, right in his. So, so I went to him and I was like, I have it, Sean John. And then he just ran away, started telling everybody, yo, I got no clothing on He didn't even like agree, like, is that it? We gonna run with that? So he was excited about the name. And then I'm just blessed and honored to be working with Notorious B.I.G. and the Craig Max and starting with 5001 helping them go to next levels, from um, having them as tailors, being able to put their clothes on a cover of magazines and then videos and different things like that. So we grew together and that helped me move forward. But I had the dream team back in the days. In the 90s, we were bad boys. So I had like Notorious B.I.G., I had Craig Mack. I had 112, I had the locks. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had Diddy. It's crazy. I had so many artists, so I just had to go get clothing yeah. and, and, and make this thing work. Everybody came with an individual style. Mm -hmm. We coming with the styles from our hood. We rock one leg up. We wear hats to the side. We, mm -hmm. So as they were telling me all that, then I incorporated my seasoning, mm -hmm. and we just took it up. Mm -hmm. And um, the 90s were really hardcore hip-hop. And we wanted to kind of separate ourselves from everything that was going on, so we kind of dressed up a little more, mm. put a little swag to it. Sure. But the songs and all that was hard. Mm -hmm. right. But the clothing was a little more stepped up, mm -hmm. costume, entertainment mm -hmm. style. Mm -hmm. like. So you said that hip hop was more like hardcore back then, like in the 90s. The so 90s. now in the new eras, do you feel like? Fashion has changed because men are wearing like barrettes and nail polish. Fashion changes beads. daily, yes. Yeah. yeah. Fashion changes like the weather, right? So. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. You're gonna have designers come out daily that's making new stuff. And then as trendsetters, I don't really follow or, you know, I don't know who can tell you the color is going to be brown this season and then we just all wearing brown. Mm -hmm. 
Some people like that, some people don't, but um, fashion today is more creative. People are just coming out of their houses with what they created. And some is hit, some is missed. It's art. Mm -hmm. You know, we're in entertainment, so entertain. And, and the youth want to be different, so be different. Mm. Everything is not for everybody, but who can pull it off? Pull it off and do you. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, but the most I love about is being comfortable. I want to bring it to something more recent, the collaboration that you did with Nipsey Hussle, which had a profound yes. impact on not only just hip-hop, but fashion in general. And I want you to kind of explain what that collaboration meant to y'all both professionally and personally. Nip is an incredible spirit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought I was until I started hanging with Nip. Like, <laughs> Nip humbled me so much and taught me so much. We were learning each other so much from me being in the game for a minute and him coming up. I would school him on what I knew and he would school me on what's now. Mm -hmm. So that was our merger. With Nip, it wasn't a bandwagon type thing. I was rocking with Nip early in Cali before he got on to the world. Mm -hmm. I used to bring them pieces because I was established a little more, so I used to drop stuff on them, give them gifts, do different things. So Nip would tell me, yo, Groove, when I get everything together, let's go. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm here for you, King. When you ready, I'm ready. Yeah. One day he said, yo, I'm ready. And then we just started laying them out. Mm -hmm. And it was Grammys, it was GQ, it was videos. Mm -hmm. And Nip is like the flyest sweatsuit wearer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Nip, Nip Bodyguard. Body Ooh. and his just slim, just sexy, fly, mm -hmm. handsome. And he's wearing that shit like no other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, then you start seeing Nip in suit jackets and tuxedos mm -hmm. and double-breasted. And mm -hmm. he started performing in front of live bands. So the clothing was just going with his growth of his music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it was like a marriage made. No. Mm, it definitely was a special yeah, yeah, yeah. time for, I think, everybody that witnessed it. And you yeah. being behind it is even more, like, powerful. Yeah. yeah so. Talking about power, Beyonce brought Blue Ivy on tour with her recently on her show dates, and she made a point to, like, let Blue Ivy shine. So I know in your career, you made it very important for me to be around for pivotal moments for you. So do you mm. feel like that was something that you did that was intentional to have me in your spaces while of you were working? Of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> bring your child to work day. All the time. <laughs> Daily. I so, lived at work. Yeah. And now it's bring your dad yeah, to work. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I'm Get interviewed by the queen, right? Britt used to have to carry bags. She complaining. <laughs> we walk in from... Yes. Beverly sent her back to the hotel. I'm doing, I'm doing it on purpose just to see because I know you want things, but I have to show you that. You have to work to get things. Yeah, like, right. Damn, Dad, and I can give you that, but mm -hmm. I just want to see the energy that you give me yeah. before I give you that. So, yeah, yeah, she's with me, and I um she grew up with me through music and fashion, and I used to bring her down to the offices and introduce her to everybody, and you know that part, so... We grew together, and she learned some behind-the-scenes stuff, and the people learned her, and mm -hmm. I think it's good to bring your child and let them experience what you're experiencing. Not saying that they will do that for their mm -hmm. career or whatever, but just 
showing them like the discipline, the hard work, mm -hmm. the getting up, the being on time, being early, mm -hmm. you know, all the things that can make you or break you. I'm gonna give you your flowers today if I haven't. You have always made sure that you, well, from the light that I've seen you has kind of transferred over into me because you've been disciplined, you've been dedicated to your job and your life and your family, so. Thank you for that. Thank yes, you. We need more black dads to our black dads. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. That's very important. Yes. We see it all through. Fathers and daughters is very important. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. Yes, yes. Britt changed my life as well, so oh. I give thanks for that because I could have went in a whole nother direction. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I love being able to see you guys together on this couch. Um, my father was really instrumental in kind of opening the world of entertainment mm. for me too, but just like you said, exposing me to it letting me make my own decision. Yes. But I have to ask you, Groovy, I'm sure your mm. fashion sense has played a huge role in the way that your family expresses themselves too. Yeah. But how does it feel to see Brit stepping into her power, <laughs> doing this on her own, you know, hosting, <laughs> modeling, yeah, doing beautiful. all that she does? I had nothing how to do with it. Feel? I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. So God bless her. <laughs> Put her in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Somebody saw her and wanted to bring her in and do her thing. So it happens naturally. I do the best I can. Just showing, showing you the way and um, hopefully you can take it from there and keep the torch lit. It's all love. <laughs> I love your show. Congratulations. Thank man. you Thank so much. You're doing your thing. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So You're doing your thing. That means so much from you. You know what yep. I mean? No, one day I was at the crib. Well, my family went on vacation, so that means I was on vacation. <laughs> so I'm just watching TV, and then the show came on, and I was like, wow. Yeah. This is incredible. Yeah. Like, I saw the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, so. Well, Groovy, thank you so much for stopping thank you. by. The thank y'all for having me. Yes. You know you're more than welcome to come back anytime, and you got to be our honorary <laughs> daddy. Yeah, oh, yeah. Honorary dad. Oh, I don't got one, life. so you got. Oh, she got that's, shit. That's yeah. my, my dad passed too, so it's oh, like that's too we easy. I'm here all for all of y'all. Take the, the number. I'm one yes. call away, one text, <laughs> one cash app, one Good whatever. Thank you for that. Too easy. Up next, we headed to the BGS salon for our girls' night out. Keep it locked for more Black Girl Stuff. Well, I just gotta say that. I got all my personal style from my pops. He is the king of fashion, he is my dad, he is the god, it's all the things. And I just wanna say thank you for taking time out to speak with us today. And I'm excited to be here on this journey with you. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And unglued. Got to be a something new to glue and unglue. Easy on the edges and no residue. Been so well, no one can tell. Just remove your wig and protect your hair. You've got to be kidding me. Welcome back to Black Girl Stuff. Tonight, we're in the BGS salon getting ready for a night out with special guest Tokyo Styles and our head hairstylist, Dante Savoy. 
They're here to help us shape our crowns with got-to-be hair products. For those of you that don't know, got-to-be offers bold hair color and styling products that allow you to embrace your individuality and unapologetically express whoever you want to be. Which is so dope because getting ready for a night out is a whole process. That part. And the ladies are concerned that club culture has changed, especially when it comes to our hair. Let's take a look. People usually used to go to the club back in the day in the early 2000s to just get outside, party, celebrate life, and have fun. Which is why the lyrics, pull up to the club, gas tank on E, but all drinks on me, was created in the first place. But y'all love to kiki and laugh at people because maybe they hair sweating out. Maybe they wig sweating back. Mm. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. I agree with everything she said. You know, for me, I just know every time I go out, it's like how I leave with my hair is not how I come back. That's <laughs> right. I feel you on that, especially like with natural hair. When I'm in the club, it's going, especially in the South, it's already humid. Then you get in there and everybody hot and sweating, my hair mm. frizzing up, my edge is not laid no more. Ooh, I, mm -hmm. I don't know. I look like Mrs. Frizzles. <laughs> <laughs> Well, first off, Bree, we got to make it to the club. I mean, the Uber ride there, if you let the window down, I, my baby hair's got to stay intact, so you got to slick a bitch down. Let's not forget about a good old wig slip, because I done seen some girls in the club with the wig back here. It's just need a little guy to be right in front So, Tokyo, please let us know how we can avoid these problems, son, because we need to look cute. Of course. I'm going to let you know everything you need to know. But before we get into that, I got to take these heels off <laughs> <laughs> so we can get into this got to be gluten about to get real serious. Nah. <laughs> Ain't nothing more serious than laying down them edges. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> They're serious. For real. That is serious. Yeah. So the first thing you want to do is make sure that you got your got to be bonding glue. Mm. Now this is going to work for any lace install, any anything with a wig and lace. It's going to work and it's going to hold and it's going to be secure. Okay. So the first thing you want to do is make sure that you have your hairline exposed and clean and we're going to use this just to apply it. And you're going to we use two to three layers of this and blow dry each layer. Now, Tokyo, how do you avoid having that like white cakey? You know how yeah, sometimes crusty, the girls with the yes. frontals. So the thing with this is you have to make sure that each layer is like tacky and almost dry before you keep applying more layers. Mm. And that's gonna give you that more seamless, non-visible, no residue type like, of look. Another great thing about got to be bombing glue is that it's gentle on your edges and your scalp. Yes. Mm. But let's get into this ponytail. Dante, how does it work with the ponytail? Because, you know, I want to have a good time and I want everything to stay intact and be cute. Mm. Yes. Well, you know, Tori, I'm styling your natural hair with the got to be glue styling spiking gel, which will give you that sleek look. Yes. We need that. We need that. Brent, how does it how does it feel? I mean, I love to get a wig installed. I'm excited to see it. Together, child. I'm trying to go outside after this. No, but speaking of going outside, you know, aside from us sweating out our edges and maybe a wig slipped or two, what do y'all think is the biggest difference of clubbing? You know, back in the days versus now. A lot has changed. A lot has changed. Yeah. I feel like, yes. first of all, first and foremost, people don't dance. Tour. That's what I'm about to yeah. say. Like, everybody right. just be standing around I'm looking at each looking other. At each other. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you just get a little. Uh, yes. Bring it back. Bring it back. Yes. Like, why aren't we?
we dancing? Why aren't we having fun? I, I feel like people are just out for the look now. It's not about enjoying having a good we gotta time go with the your parties people. Like Akima, Akima said when she goes to the club, she don't come back the same. Right. She had to rock the party. You know, you know, Rihanna with um, what was that song? Was it work? parties and type of clubs that I love to go to. You go and it's a workout. And you know, speaking of standing around in the sections, the sections be costing oh, yeah. $5,000. It costs $100 to park. Yeah, $40 right. to get in. It's $40 for a shot of liquor now. Like, it's right. so it's expensive. expensive. Yeah, it is. So it's it like is. the prep of, and we all know as women, like you said, getting ready is a whole process. I don't need my prep to be expensive as well. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, what you over there spraying now? I'm using a blasting freeze spray. Okay. Just to, you know, mm -hmm. freeze it yeah. in place. Freeze. So yes. Freeze. I have to tell you guys, these colors are giving yeah. on you. That purple is really pretty okay. on your brain. Yes, okay. it's gorgeous. And what I love is these styles are so unique. So that ensures on your night out, nobody is going to have the same yep. color mm -hmm. as y'all. Unique. So how did you guys achieve this color pop? The silver has been making trends, especially the darker roots or shadow roots and things like that. Mm -hmm. So we use on Brit the Got To Be Metallic Silver Hair Dye. Ooh. It's formulated with the Metallic Shine Booster, which is going to give her radiant, shimmering tones. Mm -hmm. First of all, that's cute, but it's I did so not cute. know Got To Be had hair, hair color. Me yeah. either. It's the newest thing on the block. Yes. <laughs> and it's so cute for that shadow root to not be just like a natural brown or yeah, black. Yeah. Like, it's fun yeah. to like switch it up and give it a different type of effect. It's yeah. still a root which is going to tone down the silvery gray tone, especially, mm -hmm. you know, like our, you know, our melanin skin sometimes mm -hmm. get real loud and crazy. Yes. But it just helps tone it down and give it a different vibe. Yeah. It That's definitely good. gives it a different vibe and it pops with your eye color and you can play with your makeup a yeah. little bit different. Yeah. Everything make it a fashion moment. Yeah, yeah. I love that. So what about Tori? For Tori, we're using the Got to Be Metallic Urban Fuchsia, which really brings personality to a simple protective style, such as a ponytail. Yeah, yeah. it did jazz it up. It did jazz it up. It looks great. I yeah, love that it. metallic yeah. fuchsia really pops on you. Yeah. And the great thing about Got To Be Metallic Hair Dye is it's anti-fading effect for permanent hair color that lasts. So even if the club isn't popping, these colors definitely will be. Okay. okay. It looks so good, honestly. The, yes. the lace is melted. I feel it. It's yes. Yes. I can't wait to try these products. Y'all taught us so much, and I can't wait to put it to use. Thank you so much, Tokyo Styles and Dante Savoy for joining us tonight and putting us up on game. And special thanks to God to be for keeping us tight in the hair game, okay? <laughs> up next, we're bringing you BGS Vibes with a live performance from Lauren Knight. So stay tuned for more Black Girl stuff. With Got To Be Metallics, I'm anything but dull. I don't just stand out, I shine. I make an impact that lasts. Pastel or bold, I decide. Be whoever you want to be with Got To Be Metallics. My life is hard, like I be going through it. I really do, I know, you can't tell by my thick hips and beautiful lips, but life is hard. Look, bad bitch is like, for real? <laughs> You know you a bad bitch when you cry, look at yourself, you're like, but still beautiful. <laughs>
Welcome back to Black Girl Stuff. It's time for BGS Vibes, where we showcase talent on the rise. Please welcome comedian Lauren Knight. Yeah. Okay, I know everybody thinks I don't like white people because I tweet that every day, but <laughs> it's not that simple. I just don't like how white people try to relate to me with like their black facts. Mm. It's always awkward. I was in the bathroom um, and I was washing my hands, you know, keeping up with black traditions. And <laughs> this white girl, she came out of the bathroom, didn't turn the sink on. And she looked at me up and down and she was like, I think Whippet Goldberg was really good in The Lion King. First of all, do you know how racist that's it? that is? That's not even a black person. <laughs> that's a hyena named Shinzu. Like, that's. No, you, I mean, that's how you know colorism is real, because nobody ever watched The Lion King and said, man, I'm real messed up about James Old Jones getting trampled by them wildebeests. Like, that's never, <laughs> just whoopee. I also don't like when white people try to make other white people look more racist, mm. and they try to relate to you like, oh my God, they just don't get it. They didn't grow up in the ghetto like us, you know? Like, they don't know what the hood is like. I'm like, ah, girl, I ain't never been to the hood. That's scary. Like, how did you make it out? <laughs> they say it's a big, rich town, right? <laughs> Can I touch your hair so thin? Wow. <laughs> it's weird. I've learned a lot about myself. Like, I know that I've dated men, I've dated women, and I've realized, ultimately, I cannot afford a sexuality. That is... <laughs> Bye. That is a privilege and an honor. Yeah. She, he, we, them. The only pronoun that doesn't have any money is me. So <laughs> that part. that's the problem. I don't even masturbate because I don't sleep with poor people. Oh. <laughs> Every time I go to touch myself, I'm like, get your broke hands off of me. <laughs> Pay for this. Get your cash up. That's where I'm at. <laughs> that's why I respect sex workers. People are like, Oh my gosh, she has sex for money. Genius! <laughs> what an idea. <laughs> I had sex with somebody because he knew somebody with money. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, you know the guy who bought the hookah? That's amazing. <laughs> so what do you do? Oh, like, Y'all have been amazing. Thank you. Well, cheers to that. Yes. 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 Cheers. Yes, cheers, cheers to that. that. I'm curious, I gotta ask you, what do you love about being a black girl? There's a million and one like things to love about being a black girl, but I think on a shallow level, I love how good I look with colored hair. I think that mm -hmm. when I was a little kid, I wasn't like a colored hair because my mom said I was too grown. And then I grew up, my job was like, girl, we'll fire you. So <laughs> to be in a space where I can experiment with myself like this has done so much for my self-esteem. So. Oh, yeah. I well, can you share with us some projects you have in the works? I am going to LA to work with Nala TV on some Ratchet Reality TV. Yes, Ooh, yes. Nice. And I also have my own shows. I run out of our bar. I do stand up all around Atlanta and I write, so you will see my face again. Love yeah. Different yeah. wig, the same face. Okay. <laughs> we love that. Well, cheers to the creativity. Uh, cheers. Cheers. And the comedy. <laughs> well, that's all the show we have for now. Special thanks to all of tonight's guests Groovy Lou, Tokyo Styles, Dante Savoy, Janelle Young, and of course, Lauren Knight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Catch us next week for more Black Girl Stuff. Good night, everyone.
If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.